Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite, the podcast. Today I've got Kurt Dando with me. Kurt helped scale and sell a billion dollar company about 20 years ago. As a C-level executive, he walked the lonely road of leadership and worried himself to distraction, but learned a lot. For over 20 years, he has worked with more than 6,000 executives. These include 10 Ernst & Young Entrepreneurs of the Year and several best CEO winners. His best-selling book, Predictive Leadership, Avoiding the 12 Most Common Mistakes That Derail Growth Hungry Companies, shows execs how to predict and prepare for the most common business pitfalls. It helps eradicate their fears and doubts that make it lonely at the top. Kurt has a stunning track record of causing breakthrough growth for companies that face problems stemming from their own success. Welcome to the show, Kurt. Well, thank you, Lori. I'm really excited to be part of this. And, and I have to share with all of our leaders, Kirk and I actually have known one another for over 25 years. We went to college together at Colorado State University, um, which, of course, you took quite a leadership role on the field um, all that time and, and look at where you are today. It's, it's never stopped, has it? Well, the thing that I'm most impressed is that we, you know, we've known each other for 25 years, but we were both in college when we were eight years old. So that's, <laughs> that's what's, what's most impressive. That's why we look <laughs> as young as we do today, right? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. So tell me a little bit about um, Dando and, and, and what you're up to these days. Well, uh, Dando was, uh, was really born out of something that I've been super passionate about since I was really little. I've always been really curious about you know leaders and and what makes them effective. And I didn't really think of it as leaders. You know, I had friends whose folks um, owned companies, and and I had you know obviously teachers and coaches and parents in my life. And uh, you know, as I was growing up, you know, I started seeing this trend or pattern of where these people that were in positions of influence, you know, where they had an opportunity to really shape and develop and really kind of encourage and unlock people's potential. I kind of expected that's what they were there to do, but more times than not, they really didn't do that. And for whatever reason, it just sparked something in me at a young age to really want to study that and understand that. And like I said, I didn't really think of it as leadership. I just thought, here's these adult figures in my life that I'm depending upon that, uh, you know, you know, nine times out of 10 are let me down. But that one time out of 10, when they didn't let me down and they really unlocked it, it just invigorated me and, and excited me. And I said, I want more of that. And so I kind of started studying that. Um, as you just said, you know, went to college. I was very fortunate to play football uh, and graduated from there and went to work for Arthur Anderson. A great That's experience. Great. Yeah, I got to see a lot of different things that work and obviously don't work now that they're not around anymore. But mm -hmm. uh, see a lot of different businesses. And I got recruited out of there to be the chief financial officer and the and chief operating officer for a company that um, we quickly grew to over a billion dollars in sales and eventually sold, wow. which is a good yeah it was a good story and a good ending. However, you know it was a lot tougher ride than I thought, and once again a lot more lessons about what works and what doesn't, not just in how to run a business, but you know and around leadership. And that's when I started really started honing in that. Nothing operates at a nine or ten with leadership that's at a six or seven. So after we sold that company, uh, the CEO said, "You've got a unique ability to look into the heart of a company and really um, see what needs to happen for them to mature and kind of stabilize. You should go help other people do that." And at that time, I felt like, you know, it sounds like you're telling me I should go be a consultant. 
<laughs> which I was kind of personally offended by because I hadn't had a lot of personal great experiences with it, at least to that point in my life. I was pretty young. But I had some friends say, hey, would you come look at our deal? Um, you know, maybe invest a little bit. If not, just would you come and see if you can help us? And I said, sure, you know, if I can help, great. If not, I'll get out of the way. And what I found is I got that helper's high. Hmm. And part of it was probably just therapeutic because it was like, hey, we're not the only ones that were having these issues. Um, but I got a chance to really share my experiences and, and also learn and come alongside these leaders and, and see the, you know, what, you know, how they were having major breakthroughs and sometimes major breakdowns, but be alongside of them to help them, um, you know, hopefully see around corners. And so, you know, over 20 years ago, I started Dando really with that being the, the foundation. And since then, I've, as you've said, I've, you know, spent time with over 7,000 different, you know, what I call growth hungry leaders, helping them, you know, really mature and stabilize. And, and, uh, the unique thing is, is I get to learn and grow a lot too in yeah, that journey. We, we never stop learning. Isn't that the truth? What leadership qualities do you feel are necessary to succeed, succeed in today's business climate? Well, one of the things that I, I have seen is there's so many definitions of what leadership is or what it's not, and there's all these laundry list of, of qualities. And leadership is in you know inherently intangible; it's kind of almost abstract. But you know, and there's you know hundreds of qualities, but there's really, and this isn't the only one, but this is the quality that stands out to me the most to really be an effective leadership is somebody that's dependable. Mm-hmm. You know, is as children, like I said, we depend upon leaders in our lives that maybe don't even think of themselves as leaders, but we depend upon them to really identify and unlock our full potential versus squashing it. You know, in the workplace, we really, you know, depend upon our leaders to really help give us clarity about our role, about what we're trying to accomplish and put us in a position to be able to win. And so I think one of the you know, most important qualities, not the only one, but one of the most important qualities as a leader is being highly dependable. Your word matters, those kind of things. It's so true. And, it, you know, if you think back to that, you know, that those four years that we were at Colorado State together, or, and actually, I must say, I graduated a year before you, but nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the slow plan. Yeah, well, I, I was definitely ready to get out. Um, we we were so fortunate to interact with some incredible leaders we you know because we were ambassadors for the university and i i think back to the jerry mcmorrises of of the world and some of those incredible people that we interacted with and if if you think back to that time at what point was it that you you talked about this a little bit in your opening but who was it maybe that you saw as a leader at that time in your life to really spark the interest? Well, in- interestingly, it was one of the parents of, and, and, and I was very fortunate. I had some really great friends, people you knew, like, you know, Peter Pavlakis and, and Chris Rule, who, who's no longer with us, but is just an incredible leader. But their parents, um, uh, you know, Blake Helm is another one. Their parents are people that really um, showed me what it meant to really be a great leader. They saw things in me that I didn't see in myself and really um, encouraged that and brought, brought the best part of me forward that I didn't even know was there. And I also saw it play out in their kids' lives who were my friends. And so I started to see this generational um, transferring of these leadership skills that really started to pique my interest and say, I got to learn more. I got to understand this better. Right. Now, how would you define your particular approach to leadership 
Um, I really think that there's three types of leaders. And I think as humans, we like to overcomplicate things. And, and so is it this simple? No. Uh, or this easy? No. But I really think there's really three kinds of leaders. There's leaders that are for you, leaders that really care about what they can put in and how they can help you unlock now, it doesn't mean that they're not trying to accomplish something and achieve a, an objective, but they care more about you as an individual and what they can put in. Those are what I call for you leaders. Mm-hmm. I think there's leaders that are against you. They're pretty rare. I mean, they're, they're really, really rare where they just wake up in the morning and they just want to wreck you. And that's kind of their, their – that's how they get their jollies. And then there's a third kind of leader is a leader that's for themselves. And leaders that are for themselves are – worried more about what they can get out of you versus what they can put into you. Mm. They, you know, and we're so well read today that, you know, leaders that are for themselves kind of know the right things to say and the right behaviors, but under pressure, their, their true motives, their true, uh, what heart's desires come forward. So, you know, the thing that I really, uh, think about as far as, you know, um, Kind of my approach to leadership is really thinking about being a, a for you leader. That doesn't mean you're soft. That doesn't mean you give everybody thing they want. But at the end of the day, and sometimes that means having really hard conversations and helping people see into their blind spots that they don't even see for themselves. But you're doing it with the right motive and the right heart. That's so true. And in, in, in today's business climate, where culture, um, especially with such a, a low unemployment rate, with culture and, and finding employees being so so difficult. That for you mindset um, is absolutely crucial to maintaining staff. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you think you just think about the people that have been in your life that that were the for you leaders versus the kind of for themselves leaders, and and those for you leaders. I mean, if I mean, I'm guessing, Lori, if one of those people called you right now, we'd stop this podcast and you'd go do whatever you needed to do for them <laughs> because you're that committed to them because you know that they're that committed to you. Yeah, that's so true. I. One of our team members was at a client trade show last week. She got very, very ill and called me um, uh, while I was at basketball practice with with one of the kids. And it turns out I ended up, she didn't know what to do. I ended up calling um, the hotel, getting a hold of the GM. Um, They sent the manager up to her room. They didn't have a doc on staff, sent the manager up to her room and then brought her down and got her a cab and got her over to the hospital. I was really worried about her, Um, very, very concerned about her health. She ended up having food poisoning and was in the hospital overnight. But nonetheless, you know, I think I think when you care that much and when you've got those kind of leadership qualities, um, that that becomes part of the culture. And that is what maintains um, team members uh, from a longevity standpoint, which is is really key these days. I, I mean, Laura, you you hit it right on the head. You're exactly right. For you leaders, guess what they attract? Other for you leaders. It right. does impact the culture. It absolutely does. But also, guess what's true? For themselves leaders, guess what they attract? <laughs> well. <laughs> and it, it impacts the culture. Exactly. The same narcissism, I would assume, yep, which is absolutely. a strong word, but nonetheless, it's hey, hey, you know, I mean, like I said, let's let's not overcomplicate this thing. Let's, I mean, leadership is, you know, like I said, it has been watered down and decaffeinated. But at the end of the day, no family, no church, no government, no organization, like I said, is performed in nine or ten with leadership that's five or six. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, I love that. How I love your marketing, by the way. I uh, get LinkedIn messages from you all the time. 
How have you integrated your internal departments, um, or at least your, your internal approaches, so that you've got everyone singing from the same songbook? Well, I, 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 I would be uh, remiss if I said that I have integrated. <laughs> I have hired someone that is brilliant at this. His name is Chip Hanna, and he's, he's just got a, a, a marketing mind, and, and, and he's just um, – anyways, he's, he's just – Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, he is. But we both are cut from the same cloth and we both think about this in the exact same way. We put our portfolio companies, the leaders that we work with at the center of whatever we do. We honestly think about how do we really go about whatever it is that we're going to do is um, how is this going to improve them, bless them, and encourage them to really share it forward. So we're getting ready to start you know, uh, a podcast called For You Leaders Podcast. The reason we're doing that is because we want to share experiences and have people hear from other leaders, like what you're doing, Lori, that pays it forward. So, so you know, I'm sure that people are going to be listening to your podcast, are going to hear things, and are going to inspire them, shift their paradigm or whatever, and they're going to turn around and they're going to pay that forward. They're going to share that idea or that concept or their, you know, whatever that is. And and so that's how we decided to integrate it. Let's put let's put them at the center. And that sounds so simple and obvious, but oftentimes I think, you know, we can all tend to forget that and get so busy on the tactics and the methods that we forget and put the right people in the center of our decisions. Right. We we forget about, um, you know, it's 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 if you don't have the right people, you know, that marketing engine behind you, then um, it's just not going to pay the dividends that we all want. That's for sure. Now, have you tried anything from an integrated marketing standpoint that you would never do again? Um, <laughs> well, it's more <laughs> of an approach. I mean, what I found does not work is doing nothing. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> hey, you know what? That might be the quote of the year for me, Kurt. Thank yeah, that, you so much. Yeah. Well, the other half of that, the other part I found that doesn't work is trying to do everything. <laughs> So, so, so I've tried both those approaches, and neither oh, one worked. Yeah, but just kind of a trial and error, and like I said, just putting putting our clients back at the center is consistently has returned, uh, you know, the kind of results that we want to see, which is like I said, people sharing, not not just the content. Obviously, that's not as important as is are are they making a difference in other people's lives? Yeah, that's great. So we as business leaders are constantly overcoming obstacles. We were talking about that in, in the pre-show discussion. Tell us about a challenging time or a situation that could have devastated or even ruined your organization, but a situation in which you persisted, you made it through, you made tough decisions, you triumphed. How have you taken that, one pain, that once painful memory and applied it to the lessons learned that you consult on today? Uh, that that that's a great question. I think that you know, I think that all of us either kind of either grow or fold in adversity. And I, anybody that's been in business for more than a week has has experienced that. Uh, you know, I, I, the hardest things have been for me, and you know, just being respectful of the people that that I'm thinking about. I'm not going to share names or even specifics about it, but they've been around people decisions. You know, either hiring a wrong person and sticking with them too long. Uh, promoting a person into a wrong position and sticking with it too long and um and then you know and in that then kind of stepping out of the relationship and really set, instead of leaning into it because I was kind of miserable um and I'm sure they were too and because of that you know then 
once again, you talk about the integrated marketing, you know, everything just kind of unravels and we quit putting the clients in the center and everything else. And so, you know, around people issues have always been the most difficult. And I've had some, some pretty tough times where I had to make some pretty hard decisions, but I waited too long. And because of that, it really did put the business at risk. And uh, what I had to do is just roll up my sleeves, kind of take my lumps and, and lean in and, do things sometimes myself, but sometimes uh, you know, meant saying I'm sorry to people and, and moving them on. Um, but you know, well, it's it, it's so it, it's so true that you know I, I, we have talking about rolling up your sleeves and doing it ourselves. That is the hesitancy I think that we all have as leaders, and I think that that is very very difficult to draw that line in the sand. Let them do it. Let the team members get it done, even if it's not exactly the way that you you would do it. I I learned many, many years ago that there are probably 10 ways of achieving the same outcome. And every different, yes, there's efficiencies that come into play. But if someone does it different than how I would do it, but the end result is the same, how how can I get upset about that? Yeah. Now, and even if the, even if the end result is is not as good, and you teach and coach them so they can be better, you know, you're right. I mean, if it, it's you've got to make way for that to be able to happen. And and I I've seen some incredible strategies that have not been able to do anything because of what you just described. The leader wouldn't get out of the way; it had to be done their way. Right. And that's you can't scale that. No, you can't. Now, I I would sit here and say that you have achieved incredible success over the last 25 years. How would you define success for the organization? How do you know when you're there? Is there a magic moment that you feel like you finally made it? Um, I don't know if there's a magic moment. I think, I think that probably would be, you know, death to an entrepreneur if they felt like there was a, a a finish line that they actually crossed. Uh, and in fact, I've seen some people that have, you know, kind of described it as like the dog finally caught the car. They've mm. achieved what they thought was success only to be incredibly unhappy and unsatisfied. But for me, success both in life and in my business and, and everywhere is more defined about what I had to give up to get it than it is than what I got. Like, right. like, did I have to miss all my kids? games? Did I have to not be as involved as in the church as I wanted to be? Did I have to not go deep in relationships like I otherwise would have in order to achieve that success? So it's, I define it more by what I had to give up, which those aren't things, those were things I'm not willing to give up. So that's great. That just, you know, tells all of us that are listening today, just the depth of integrity that you have. What one strategy or process have you implemented that if CEOs and their teams would consistently apply every day would result in big wins for them? Um, <laughs> this is – once again, I really like this question. I mean that's what I've spent the last 20 years doing is really trying to find and refine what, what that kind of one or a couple things is. But one of the things I consistently hear uh, – almost 100% of the time is, is that our communications don't work. I oftentimes hear CEOs and other executives say, you know, I know our communications aren't great and it's really hurting our culture, but I don't know what to do about it. 
and one of the things is is an organization grows the signal strength from what we want to do, the goals of what we want to have happen, how we want that to happen, the journey. That signal strength fades as the organization grows, and we get add more and more people to it, and more complexity. So the one thing I would add is is a really strong strategy process. And then, and I think this, there's about seven or eight things I think a CEO is responsible for. This is a couple of those eight things is one, really leading the strategy process, but two, then translating that strategy into a, what I call a management framework, a cadence by which we are reviewing and discussing the strategy, the three to five goals, how we're going to get there. And so it's, it's by the, you know, so what are we doing monthly? What are we doing quarterly? How are we going about and, and having the conversations? You've heard the saying, if you don't, you can't expect what you don't inspect. And I think a lot of times we set these strategies, elaborate strategies out into the, out into the company and then they lose signal strength and, every, and there's this level of chaos that happens. So if I had one process that I would teach CEOs, that would be it because once you get people aligned, guess what happens? The organization takes off. If they're not aligned, you have scattered focus. By definition, you get scattered focus, you get scattered results. You've just shared some incredible analogies there. And I love the signal strength um, concept. It is really very, very meaningful. Um, and I actually am going to take that with me for today, just so oh, that good. you know. <laughs> okay, good, because good. I'm, I'm just thinking, we just had our quarterly meeting and and you know we, we know what our goals are for the year and stuff like that, but I need to be doing a little bit more follow-up on that. So thank you very much. You bet. Our final question of the day, if there is one thing that you want to be known for, what is it and why? This is really simple for me. I want to be known as a for-you leader, not because that's – the name of my podcast or anything like that, or it's just convenient branding. I'm not trying to do that here. I sincerely mean I want to be known as as a dad, as as a family member, as, as a business leader, as somebody that's in the community, somebody that watches me, that walks and you know puts my groceries in my car and actually walks my cart back and puts it away. Whatever it is, I want people to think of me and believe that I'm for them, that I'm a for you leader. And, and, and I, would, I wish I could say I've done this perfectly throughout my life. I absolutely have not. It's a constant battle and it's something that I have to constantly work at. I know some people that it comes to very easily, but that's what I want to be known as. Well, I love that. And, and I, would, I would say you've probably been a four-year leader, for you leader um, since I've known you over the last 25 years. So thank you so much uh, for spending time with us today. You've all just learned so many amazing leadership qualities um, that you can take. I think one of my favorites, along with the For You Leader, is nothing operates at a 9 or 10 if leadership is operating at a 6 or 7. That is some great advice, Kirk Dando. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Laura. I've really enjoyed our conversation. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.